Hello and welcome to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons Podcast. I'm Joe, I'm your host, and uh, ooh baby, we have ourselves a show today. Um, last night, obviously, uh, at least hopefully it's last night still, hopefully we've worked out all the kinks with um, with um, getting these uploaded on time and whatnot. Um, last night, just great win. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. The Celtics have been playing really well this year. I personally think they're going to regress in a not insignificant way at some point this season. Um, which, for what it's worth, I mean, when you think about it, that's not necessarily a, the worst thing in the world. Because, let's just see. So, on their current pace, um, if they were to, let's see, so they've played 22 games... So if they were to keep up their current pace, they'd win some around 67 games. Um, so to say that I don't think they're actually going to win 67 games is not necessarily a knock. Like, they could still win nearly, they could still win 60 games, and that'd be a pretty stark decrease from this opening stretch. Um, I'd still expect them, honestly, to finish somewhere in the mid to upper 50s at the end of the season, which would be a pretty significant decrease from the pace they're at now, which would still be a wonderful season. But I do think they will decrease a bit. But there's no way around it. They're definitely one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the best. And the Pistons went into their went to their arena and they beat them. Um, the one thing that it would be, I would be remiss to not at least mention, is that even though the Celtics had had a night off before, um, they did. The, it was their third game in four nights. So you know, it just. It is one thing to keep in mind, but, you know, it really, the Celtics and Pistons, that's a, first off, one thing that a lot of people might not have been aware of, or I think maybe even forgot, is that the Pistons and Celtics have played some really good games over the past couple of years. Um, I know on the Fox Sports broadcast last night, they put up a graphic of it, and I think that they're 5-5, five and five. they've split their last 10 games, and the point differential average is like, two or three only like it they've really played some tight games and some really good games too and it's sort of interesting because over those over that stretch of time I'd say it's fair not even I'd say it's definitely true the Celtics have been a better team than the Pistons but the Pistons are really a bad matchup for the Celtics in particularly Andre Drummond is a terrible matchup for the Celtics they just do not have a good answer for him which we'll get into a little bit later but you know, really a great win, and this one combined with the fact that they stole the that they stole a game against the Thunder a couple nights before, really just important wins. Because now, look, a lot of people like say this was a must win or this was a must win. It's an eighty-two game season. There are no games that are must win games. Every single game is there's no game that's worth any more than any other game. They're all worth one win in the end, and. So you know, within that, you don't want to, you don't want to get too wrapped up in it. But when you consider that Pacers game, which I'm, you know, for my recap of it, I literally said burn the tape, and that's it. Just they absolutely blew it, fell apart to an almost comical stretch, um, to an almost comical extent down the stretch of that game. Lose a game that they had no right to lose, and then you turn around and you get just absolutely. They did beat Minnesota, but then they turn around and they get just absolutely blasted by the Cavs, 
So at that point, they had lost three of their last four games. Uh, obviously, the loss to the Cavs was just terrible. The loss to the Pacers was terrible. And then coming into a stretch here where they're playing a bunch of good teams largely on the road. And so it was like, this is going to be a rough stretch that, you know, <laughs> it's something you got to, you got to, they could be in trouble, I guess, was the thought process. And they're still not out of the woods yet. There's still brutal stretch of games still coming up in the next bit. Um, so they play Phoenix next, which should be, particularly given Phoenix schedule, should actually be mostly winnable. But then, first on a back-to-back, they go to Washington and Philly. Then, all with one day's rest, they got the Spurs, Milwaukee, Golden State, Boston, Denver, and then they get back with Ant- with a game against Atlanta, which... Once again, Atlanta's not that good. But that is a that is a brutal stretch. And all most of those games are on the road. So that's whew, that's still a brutal stretch. And so there it really was looking like there was a chance for this to really be a bad stretch for the Pistons. And they steal the game against Oklahoma City. They win last night against a really good team. And now it just sort of changes the whole the whole complexion of the way you're looking at it, uh, it changes the whole, it's got to change to an extent at least, the, um, just the sort of vibes in the locker room for the team and such. I mean, think about it. If they don't play so well last night and if they don't steal one against, um, against Oklahoma City, then right now, instead of being 13-6, and six, they're 11-8, and eight, and that's a, <laughs> that's a much worse feeling. So really impressed with them last night. It's just really a great, just a great win and a great way to bounce back from a couple of tough losses. So, yeah, really just very, very impressed by it. Um, so talking about last night specifically, um, you know, I think that to an extent, some people, particularly Celtics fans, now I don't want to rip on Celtics fans very too much, um, I had I've had quite a few interactions with Celtics people over the past offseason given that the Pistons and Celtics swapped some players and even though they're a really big fan base and because they're so large they happen to envelop a decent amount of you know idiots but by and large the Celtics fan base I've actually really been impressed by they're really they're a solid fan base and that's not I guess not that's something that should surprise people I guess but really a solid fan base but there are some of the people who seem to th- be acting like, you know, the Pistons just played the perfect game, yada, yada, yada. And I think the Pistons probably played their best game, the best game of the season that they have so far this year last night. But, like, to act like Andre Drummond, now, 26 points, 22 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals. That's an absurd game. But Andre Drummond has been an absolute nightmare for the Celtics in the past. Um, they put up a thing, and he just, he's been an absolute nightmare for them. They, they, and it makes sense, too. See, that's sort of the thing, is that do, that is often important to do, is, you know, try, when you're, at least when you're trying to decide if, um, if something was a fluke or not, if that makes sense. Um, so, like, is... And the way to do it is, so look at the numbers and then say, first off, the best way to do it, obviously, is just sample size. But look at the numbers and then combine that with, um, does this make sense with the eye test? 
And I would say with Andre Drummond, so he's put up awesome numbers in his whole career, okay? So he's got, he's played in, he started 17 games against Boston, and his career averages are just under 18 points and 15 rebounds per game. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty stinking good. So that's something that there's a, and 17 games started, that's no, that's not a small sample size. That's a decent sample size, I mean, at least for as far as one team goes. And it makes sense with the eye test, too, because Boston, even before they had Al Horford, I'm obviously Al Horford is tons better than any bigs they had before him, I'm recently at least. But before that, they, they have never been a strong team down low since Kevin Garnett left. Um, and even honestly, you know, if you remember the last year or so that Kevin Garnett was there, even though when he played, he was still good, he didn't play a lot, and he was definitely pretty significantly decreased in effectiveness just because he was so old. But that's another thing altogether, really. Um, but when you just you just look at it, and they're, they're not built to handle him. You know, Al Horford is their center right now most of the time. And Al Horford just isn't big enough to deal with Andre Drummond. And they could put in Aaron Baines, but Aaron Baines just isn't good enough to deal with Andre Drummond, quite frankly. And it's just... Ugh. They just there's not a good answer for him on that team, so it makes sense. And you know, Tobias Harris shooting five of six from three, that's not every night, but dude's been shooting lights out all season. And then particularly when you consider that, you know, Marcus Smart shot, what did he end up shooting from three? He ended up shooting six of nine from three, and two of those misses were just heaves at the end of the game, if I recall correctly. So you really can't say that. It just, the Pistons played a really good game, but there wasn't anything about it that was especially an outlier. So like one other thing I saw a Celtics person say was, yeah, well, you know, the Pistons didn't turn it over very often and we did turn it over a bunch. And the Pistons have been, for the since Dan Van Gundy's arrived, they've been one of the lowest turnover teams in the NBA consistently. That's something they really have excelled at. And they also, so far this year, have excelled at creating turnovers with other team, against other teams. Once again, I'm not saying the Pistons would beat the Celtics in a series necessarily. I'm not saying the Pistons are better than the Celtics. But it's sort of in line with a lot of with just the general play of the team so far this year, which is that there's not a lot about it that said that sort of screams fluke to me. And that's 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 a really good feeling to have a game like this where you win a game against a really good team and it's like this didn't this wasn't really a fluke. This was this was just, they played really well, and it that's what it was, really. So, just a really great win. Um, a big thing last night that surprised me a bit was Tobias Harris playing as well as he did. Put up 31 points, 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, obviously, is a big difference there. Uh, he got to the line a couple of times, hit four free throws. And I was surprised by how well, now, it's kind of funny because in my in my preview of the game, actually predicted he'd have a big game, but I did not think he would be as efficient as he was. And I'm surprised by it because the sort of the blueprint for keeping Tobias Harris contained is not necessarily a complex one, and that's basically just swarm to him when he has the ball and make him make plays as a passer because he's not a good passer. So just do that, and you're going to be able to generally keep him under wraps. Now, obviously, when he shoots threes like he did last night, he's going to get some points on you. But that's the way that you keep him contained. 
Um, you force him either because he's not a good enough passer to make those passes, you know, tough passes on the run against swarming defenses. Um, so the end result is generally he'll either end up tossing up a really bad shot or he'll just sort of stop dribbling, he'll stop, and then they'll, they'll essentially have to reset with limited time left. And that's something that's quite a few teams have done effectively to keep him in check. And I assumed that the Celtics, given how well coached they are, how good their defense has been all year, that they would really have not a lot of trouble in executing that, but they did. And one thing within that is that Jalen Brown, who's been a really good defender this year, I do think that he's been a little overhyped in that regard, uh, which is often the case with young guys, for what it's worth. But he really, Tobias Harris had absolutely no trouble with him, which was really pretty impressive to me. Because, you know, even if I think Brown's a little overhyped as a defender right now, because, and this happens with, once again, it happens with all kinds of young players where a guy is sort of that, he's he looks right, okay? Stanley Johnson is another one, where I don't think that he's necessarily been that overhyped as a defender, but I'm sure you can find people who would be. But, um, you know, where it's like, they're big, strong, and good athletes, and they play hard. So it's like, so they're good defenders, and they are. But people sort of, and that's true, I guess, not just with defense, but it's true particularly with defense. Or when it's a young player, people like to people like to act like they're as good as they're going to be already, oftentimes. So Jalen Brown has shown great progress. He's been a very good defender this year. He's shown that he's well on his way to becoming that sort of top-flight defensive player. But I think it's worth noting that he isn't, he's not quite Leonard. You know, and I mean, so like, for instance, Stanley Johnson isn't quite at that point yet either. He's getting closer. Um, he's made good steps this year. He's one of the better defensive players in the league, I think, at this point. But he's not like one of the, you know, super elite handful of best defenders in the NBA. He's a really, really good one, but he's not quite to that level. I think he will get to that level. He's made great strides this year, but he's not quite there yet because it takes time to learn these things. And so that's one thing about Jalen Brown, but he certainly is no slouch defensively. And Tobias Harris just had absolutely no trouble getting past him. Other guys guarded Tobias at various times, of course, but it was often Jalen Brown, and Tobias just absolutely gave it to him. And that was that was really impressive, simply put. And, you know, it was a good game for him. I'm surprised still that the Celtics didn't have a better defensive game plan for him, but really impressed by the way that he put it up. Um... With Andre last night, I mean, what can you say beyond just, wow? Like, <laughs> 26 points, 22 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals, and almost 40 minutes of work is just, it's just absurd. Um, and it really, he's he's having a, he's having himself a season right now. He's just absolutely, he's he's been the Pistons' best player, obviously, uh, I think he's been their best player the last several years, too. Some other people have disagreed with that at various times. But dude is just, he's just a monster. And it's its really satisfying to see for a whole bunch of reasons. The main reason is just that he's sort of made the last steps to becoming that, that the franchise guy that the Pistons hoped he would become. And that's great to see just because it means that the Pistons are in great shape for now and the future, that they've got that, they've got their guy. And that's that's just a great thing. But it's particularly satisfying 
given the way that people piled on him last year and then this past offseason when there really wasn't any need to, quite frankly. Um, and I've been beating this drum for a while, but like people act like he had this terrible year last year, and he was he averaged just under 14 points and 14 rebounds per game. And people were acting like he was trash last year. And it's like, <laughs> it's just not true. <laughs> but, yeah, he really, he just, <laughs> they had no answer for him. And, you know, one thing to really mention is that you've, you see people, you've seen, I've seen people or heard people ask, you know, can, you, can Andre Drummond play in today's NBA? And a lot of people have decided no. And I think that it's sort of, plays into a uh, a mistake that a lot of people have made when thinking about the NBA and players in the NBA, which is that too many people think small ball actually has to do with size. In reality, the important bit of small ball and the way that the NBA is going towards a more perimeter-oriented game, it's not size, it's speed. That's really what it is. And Andre Drummond has that speed. The guys who are dying off as bigs are the slow pokes. And Andre Drummond is not a slow poke. So when people are like, can Andre Drummond play in today's NBA? I'd say the answer is emphatically yes. And actually, I think that Andre Drummond, now, I don't know if he will get to be good enough to where he can really be this, or if the Pistons will be good enough where it can really be that, okay? Just objectively. I don't know for sure. But in theory, he could actually be the perfect guy for the small ball perimeter-oriented NBA, because he's the rare sort of guy where he's a big who can absolutely obliterate teams who go small, but he's still able to keep up speed-wise. So essentially, they can get a lot of the benefits of going small without having to actually go small. And that's something I mean, that's something that Giannis Antetokounmpo has shown, too, is that he's this guy who he's got all that speed and such, but he's actually huge. And that gives problems, and that's going to give problems to teams who go small ball. And I think Andre Drummond could be that guy. Now, this is also one of the things that's always funny. So, like, people talk about with Draymond Green, right, you know, and the Warriors. It's like, oh, this is the way the NBA is going. It's like, it's not just working just because Draymond Green is small and now playing center. And, you know, it's always funny to me. People look at, you know, how many other players. It's like, oh, well, they could go small with this guy because it worked with Draymond Green because it's like, oh, he's like six seven and strong, so it can work. It's like, you know what the most important, I still maintain this, the most important thing with uh, Golden State going small is it actually isn't just, well, Draymond Green is small, so they can go small ball. I think it actually is that Draymond Green's just awesome, and it's just a matter of getting their best players on the floor. I think that that's always going to be your best option. So when they are, the Warriors are at their best, particularly now since Andrew Bogut's left the past two years, last year and this year. Um, their best players are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, and um, uh, Kevin Durant. Okay, like per, once again, particularly with Andrew Bogut gone, that's absolutely one hundred percent true. So surprise, unsurprisingly, guess what their best lineups are. The ones where their five best players are on the floor. And I think that's more so where we're going. It's just the basic idea of that. People are realizing that you can actually get by with not necessarily having to stick to a really strict, you need one guy who's big, you need another big guy, and then you have a wing, wing players and you have ball handlers. 
is that there's 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 becoming more flexible with that and more of that just get your best five players on the floor and see what happens. And if your best five players are really good, like the Warriors are, for instance, obviously their best five players are stupidly good. If you're able to do that, then you're going to win a lot of games. And I think that that's really the way that it's going. But once again, is that it's not just the size, it's the speed. And Andre Drummond has the speed to keep up with pretty much any small ball team. And he's got the size to then really hurt them on the other end. And I think that that's really important. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Andre and really love where he could go and where the Pistons could go with him as their best player. So, and, you know, the other thing that's great about it happening last night is that um, it's really because Boston's such a big market, it's got a huge fan base, there were a lot of people watching last night. And, you know, I'm not a big, like, oh, the national media disrespects us and that sort of thing. Like, it's just, it's not something that really appeals to me. Just, like, shocking, you know, the team that plays in Detroit and has been a laughing stock of a franchise for the better part of a decade now is not a... I'm people in... people Local people don't care that much about the Pistons largely, so why on earth would the national media care that much, okay? Like, that's just the simple... That's just it, simply put. So it doesn't bother me that much, but there's an extent to which... Last night's game is going to really put, really will put Andre into the sort of national conscience. And also, for what it's worth, just from a perspective of the fact that the Pistons won last night, beat the Celtics. And so now, sort of locally, people are going to start to, they're going to start to gain traction. Um, so, like, for instance, I think that, that getting blown out by the Cavs like that really hurt them as far as getting traction locally. And because, you know, it's a big game, everyone's like, oh, it's the Cavs. And then it's like, oh, you know, they got just obliterated. And just not a good look for the team and the franchise. But to be able to win against the Celtics, that's how you get people to start to pay attention, whether it's locally or nationally. And for Andre Drummond to be that good in that game, that's how you get nationally people to really start to pay attention. And that's something that's really good. I hope that he starts to get the sort of credit that he really deserves. And... You know, in the end, it's not a big deal, but I it, it, it'd be nice to see it. And, you know, the last thing to say is, geez, he's shooting almost 62% from the line this year. Last night, he was, what, 6 of 8, I believe, which they, that's one of the best storylines in the whole NBA. There's no way around it. Um, when you think about all the guys throughout the history of the NBA who have been sort of like, just terrible free throw shooters and you know oftentimes really good players but they're just terrible free throw shooters and think about how big a problem that's been for so many people and then think about basically none of them ever really solved it just simply put there are not really examples of guys who really solved it like Shaquille O'Neal Shaquille O'Neal um Wilt Chamberlain are the big ones they like that's something that followed them their entire career is the fact that it's like they can't shoot free throws, and Andre Drummond is here. He was even worse than those guys were, and now here he is, and he solved it. And that's something like you, I, I have not felt. I know I've said this before several times, but I haven't felt this good for a player about something that didn't involve winning a championship ever. Um, Because obviously winning a championship is kind of a, that's a different 
animal. But outside of winning a championship, this is, it's just great to see. And you can see that he's also really responded well. He's playing more aggressively going to the hoop. He's really just doing such a great job. And it's just, it's great to see that the work is paying off, so to speak, for him. So, yeah. Um, last night, just an absolutely monster game. And it's pretty good to be able to say that in two straight games, right, the first game, the other team had Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony on the floor. And then last night, the other team had Al Horford and Kyrie Irving. And in both games, Andre Drummond was the best player on the floor. That's... <laughs> That's a pretty remarkable thing, and it's great to be able to say that. So, just a wonderful game for Andre. Um, the other thing from last night is Reggie Jackson really played a nice game. Um, if he'd have done, if he'd have hit a couple more shots down the stretch, it would have been a great Reggie Jackson game. But still, twenty points done efficiently, seven assists, just one turnover, um, decent defensively. He really continues to just play absolutely perfectly, more or less. He played as well as anyone could have hoped. Um, I still think that he maybe isn't quite all the way back. Maybe he never will get that last bit of explosiveness going to the hoop. Um, and so within that, maybe he never will be the, that guy who is capable of going out and just dropping 30 some points on any given night. But even if that is the case, he's really played well and he's shown great growth just as a player and as a maturity and just intelligence on the floor. Just all been great improvements. And I really feel great for him, given the way that everybody gave up on him after last season. And, you know, he just, he's pretty good. The way that he's passing, I, the numbers back it up. He's got a great assist-to-turnover ratio so far this year, by far career best. Um, but it really, I kind of highlighted it in uh, the last post I did where I went play-by-play -play through through um, his the finish to the Minnesota game, where he scored or assisted on, I think, 19 straight points. Um, but he is really throwing some passes that are high degree of difficulty passes, where they're one-handed, and he just basically palms it and just slingshots it. And they're accurate. They're fast. They are like... He's throwing one or two passes a night that are just... They're ones where you just stop and go, wow, that was an impressive play. And I'm really, I'm thrilled with the way he's playing. And, you know, last night, I guess, it wasn't that, even though the, I guess the best way to say overall for last night is that even though it wasn't necessarily something that you could look at and say, this is a fluke or this is an outlier, um, I think what you would say is that is the best version of the Pistons. Andre Drummond is the best player on the floor, dominating the paint on both ends of the floor. Tobias Harris is getting up shots, being the scorer. Reggie Jackson is being the facilitator and also sort of the tough bucket getter, the closer. And Avery Bradley playing defense like crazy, sort of being the filler in her complementary player. And Stanley Johnson hopefully hits some more shots than he did last night, but playing defense, hustling, sort of being that fifth guy in the offense who occasionally gets a look. And then the bench, in the, they had a rough stretch in the second quarter, but they ended up generally being okay. Um, I think most of them ended up going positive on the night. So, just really, that's the best version of the Pistons. I think that's the best way to, that's the best way to look at it, I think. 
was that that was that was the best version of the Pistons, and um, I think an important thing to note in within that is that Avery Bradley had a few less hit the ball in his hands a little bit less than he has a, in a lot of games recently, and I still maintain I think that that would be a good thing going forwards that Avery Bradley has the ball a little bit less and Tobias Harris and Reggie Jackson have it a little bit more. But once again, just because of the fact that Bradley is by far the guy, it's pretty clear that he's the guy that Andre Drummond is most comfortable running dribble handoffs with, and also probably the guy that those are most effective with, that as a result of having Andre Drummond, you know, operate from the high post more often, um, the end result of, or the elbows more often, the end result is that Avery Bradley is also going to get the ball more often. So it's sort of a, they're sort of a, What's the word? They're sort of it's sort of a package deal, and within that, it's okay. It's just kind of you live with it. Just something that, in a perfect world, I'd prefer them to change a bit. So, um, outside of just last night, um, with Eric Moreland, uh, there's the backup center spot is something that a lot of um, the fan base seems somewhat split on. There's some people who still maintain who still seem to think that John Lure was just trash. Uh, I'm not in that boat, and there's a lot of people who really like Eric Moreland. And I see why people like Eric Moreland. He plays his tail off, he plays with great energy, He play, he's really active, but there's a reason he was set up to be the third center on this team. And it's because he's, first off, he's a bit undersized, um, bigger guys can bully him, taller guys can just shoot over him. And then also, because he, he really is, he's very wild, he's not very disciplined. And even though that results in some stretches like last night where he got like, I don't know what, like three or four rebounds. He, he finished the night with two offensive rebounds, but he really, he had a stretch of two straight possessions where he was just absolutely awesome. He got some offensive rebounds and it was just, it was great. And it really helped the Pistons. Um, and it results in that. And it also results in, he has some really great blocks. He's got some basic um, ball skills on offense, which are nice. Like, he can do the same sort of dribble handoffs and whatnot that they like to do to keep the offense in a in a motion-heavy offense. But he just there's a reason he's the third center. And I really am looking forward to John Luer returning. John Luer does a lot of good things that even if people, a lot of people think he's trash, but I really think that he's he's still a good player. Um, the good news is that with Andre Drummond playing like this, you don't need a whole lot of minutes from your backup center, but I really, I'm looking forward to John Luer returning. Um, Luer is just, he's a good passer. He's a smart defender. Um, he competes on both ends of the floor. He, he can score a little bit. He just, and here's the thing. He had, it's a small sample size on a shooting still this year. A lot of people look at him and be like, oh my gosh, he can't score at all. Remember, last year, despite the fact that his three-point shot completely fell apart, he was still, like, the second... I think he may have even been the most efficient scorer on the team still last year. I think his true shooting percentage was something like 58%. I will look it up a moment. Um, that's even with his three-point shot completely falling apart. Yeah, so he ended up... No, it was 55.1%. So he was still... So, Bo Bama's first, Aaron Baines, Tobias Harris, and then John Luer was fourth on the team in efficiency scoring-wise. Now, of course, last year's team was just generally not an efficient scoring team. But he really, he knows how to get the ball in the bucket. And I'd assume that he will be able to get back to that this year. So, I really, I'm looking forward to him returning. Um, Another thing 
is Luke Kennard. Uh, I did not expect him to win a spot in the rotation this year, and here he is. He has firmly won a spot in the rotation. And, like, last night, his ability to score and shoot and sort of create some for himself is really valuable with this bench group. And last night, even though he only got a couple of buckets in the first quarter, in the second quarter, the first stretch where the bench was in, but they were really struggling to get anything in the hole. In the hole. And those two buckets really were sort of what kept the bench afloat. Uh, they obviously gave up the 10-point lead in that stretch, but that was the only thing that kept it from getting really ugly. And I really like the way that they're deploying him mostly. I like the poise he shows, and he's been much better defensively than I thought he would be. He's not that good defensively, but he can sort of hang when put in the right situation. So that's good. Um, next game, going to be against Phoenix. They're going to be at home. They've got tomorrow off, or tomorrow. They got today off then, so they'll play against Phoenix tomorrow, which in just in case this podcast gets up late, tomorrow is Wednesday, November 29th. That's when the game is. Um, that should be a not, um, huh, a not difficult game, quite frankly, which honestly, you know, there's no gimmies in the NBA, but this should be easy because the Suns, first off, they're just objectively, they're not a very good team. And then on top of that, I believe that's going to be the third game in four nights. Room. Yeah, so they'll be, so they play tonight, Tuesday, against Chicago, at Chicago. They were at Minnesota two nights ago. They're at Chicago tonight, and then they're at Detroit tomorrow night. So it'll be three, they'll be on the second night of a back-to-back third game in four nights, and having traveled between every single one. And to combine that with the fact that they're just not that good of a team in the first place, and it really should be a win for the Pistons. Um, I'm still, it's going to take a lot for me to really believe that the Pistons are not going to continue to play down to their opponents consistently. But for now, I'm going to believe, because they mostly have avoided that this year. So for now, I'm going to believe that they're they can avoid it. And so within that, they should be able to win pretty handily. But, um, you know, they're, the Bucks are they're more intriguing to me with Greg Monroe, but the problem is they already had way too many bigs, so he's not even playing that much. Um, Devin Booker missed their last game. He's expected to play tonight. Um, and if they're expecting him to play tonight, then even if he would miss tonight, I definitely expect him to play against the Pistons tomorrow night. Um, but he can score... I'm still not sure, and he's super young, so there's something to be said for that. I, there's always something to be said for that. When just being able to do certain things at a super young age, is that's a pretty good sign. He scores a bunch, he's super young. I'm still not sure exactly how much I buy into some of the hype that a lot of people have put on him, um, but he's he's pretty stinking good, though. I just, I'm not sure that he, he's, I'm not sure how much I believe in him as a guy who is going to be a regular ball handler. Um, he turns the ball over a lot, and also he does not play a lick of defense. So I just, I guess basically, I'm not sure that I, there's a lot of people who think that he's got, like, I've seen a lot of people say, he's got face of the league potential, like potentially being one of the best handful of players in the NBA. And I'm not sure that I believe quite that much hype, but really, really good player. Yeah, definitely headed there. He's already good. So, you know, he's really good. 
Um, TJ Warren also low-key a pretty good player. He doesn't shoot threes, which is weird because he's not a bad shooter in the mid-range. Just he, he doesn't shoot threes, and he's terrible at them when he does shoot them. But he can give you buckets on the inside. Um, Greg Monroe's there. We all know about him. Tyson Chandler's still not a slouch. He plays defense. He can dunk it. But they got a lot of young guys who maybe will become good, maybe won't. But they're just, I don't know. They shouldn't. The Pistons should be able to handle them pretty easily. Um, And, yeah, not a game that worries me beyond just the fact that there's really no game that isn't going to worry me with this team just based on the last couple of years they've consistently played down to competition they have not done that largely so far this year but for now I'm gonna I'm not gonna buy all the way in on that until you know just until I I believe in you know go for the sample size and I want to see more of a sample size of them not playing down to competition but um, the combination of the fact that the Pistons should just be a lot better than the Suns regardless, combined with the fact that this is basic, could be basically a schedule loss for the Suns, means that they should really be able to handle them. So, yeah, as long as they take care of business. Um, and, yeah, so that's really it. Great win last night. The Pistons are in a great position now. Uh, they're really rolling at this point, quite frankly, and I'm super impressed with the way that they played last night. Uh, that was as good as they've played. That's the best version of the Pistons. And, you know, when they play like that, they can hang with anybody. And this is going to, this is still a brutal stretch coming up once again after this game against the Celt- against the Suns. And their record is likely going to come out not as pretty as it was going in. But if they can keep playing like this, they're not going to come out that bad. So really just really impressed and I'm starting to believe more. Uh, I thought this team was going to be good coming into the year, but they've been better than even I thought so far, and I'm starting to believe in it more. Um, the only thing, I guess, to note within that is, so some people are like, is this team for real? This team is for real. A lot of people, particularly from last night, they're like, this team is for real. Um, as far as that goes, I'm still not sure, I guess, to the extent that what their record is right now. So they're 13-6. and six. Um, if they kept up that pace till the end of the year, they would end up with right about 56 wins. I'm not sure that they're that good, but I definitely think that they could end up winning 50 games. I'm definitely buying into that. I'm not sure I buy upper 50s, but 50 games, definitely within reach. So, going to be an important stretch of games coming up to make sure that they keep it together, that they win some of them. They don't need to go on a great tear, but they need to make sure that they don't really fall back in a big way. And everybody is playing exactly how you could have hoped for, really. And just, just a great... And, you know, really the best thing is the team is worth watching again. For me, at least. That's the thing that I'm most excited about. Is Last year, there was a point where it was like, this team is not even that much fun to watch. They're, they're tough to watch sometimes. It's like, it's like, why even bother? And even if they never reach, like, true contender status. Which, you know, remember, there's a pretty good chance that they won't because, guess what, most teams aren't. Most teams won't. But, man, there's something to be said, particularly for someone like me, I suppose. And I guess this sort of, there's a lot of people who are like, this team isn't isn't good enough to win a championship, so there's no reason to keep going with it. And I always fight that. I'm not a championship or bust guy. Um, And I guess a big reason is because I'm watching every night. 
And so because of that, my biggest thing is I want to see them go out, play hard, and be fun to watch and be worth watching. And so far, they have absolutely been that. They were that two years ago when they won 44 games. It's like, even though that team, there was no way they were going to do anything of significance in the playoffs. They won 44 games. They were a pretty good team. They were not that good. But even within that, they were worth turning on to watch every night. Because you know what? It was fun to watch Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson just punk teams night after night. You know what? Even if they regress from this spot, they end up winning 40, we'll just say 48 games, which would be a pretty significant decrease from the pace they've set so far. You know what? It is worthwhile to watch Andre Drummond punk fools with his quickness in passing. It's fun to watch Tobias Harris dominating people from the perimeter. It's fun to watch Avery Bradley envelop opposing ball handlers. It's fun to watch Reggie Jackson passing the way he is. It's fun to watch Ish Smith get out and transition like a demon every single time he can. Like, there's just something to be said for that. And that's the best thing. That is, that is truthfully, that is the highest praise I can give this team right now. They are absolutely 100% worth watching every night. And there has not been a single time this year where I have thought, oh my gosh, I have to watch this game tonight and I have to write about it. There has not been a single time where it's been hard for me to do that. And that's been, that's the best praise I can give them. So, yeah. Um, Everybody, stay beautiful, go Pistons, and we'll see you again later.